Welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. You're listening to another life-changing word from Pastor Scott Anderson. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. If you're watching podcast, vidcast, comcast, whatever it is right now, and you're thinking this is like an old 1960s movie, come on somebody out there. Come on, give them a big hand clap to those that are watching out there. We love that you're watching. Don't forget about Wake Up, our daily Bible study. Me and my brother do. It's Monday through Friday. It's a number one daily Bible study out there. And uh, we have a scripture for your day. We pray over your day. But it really is a great way to, for you to get encouraged, get you built up, maybe do a couple tweaks that's going to continue to make 2020 be the best year yet. So a, uh, a prince, he was, just, he was just rude and a mean young prince. And uh, he was being mean to this, this older woman there in the village, and, and uh, she put a curse on him. She said, all right, until you fall in love and get married, you will only be able to say one word every year. You can store them up, but you only get one a year. Well, you know, it changed him, and he stopped hanging out with the court people, and he began to hang out with this uh, maidservant uh, young lady, and they became the best of friends, and he fell deeply and madly in love with her, just even within the first year, but he's like, you know what, I don't want to waste just one word, I, I want to save him up, and after three years, he's like, well, I could say I love you, but he's like, I want to say I love you, I want to marry you, he's like, I need seven, and so he waits seven years, stores up his words, and he plans a big, beautiful picnic to one of their favorite spots that they love to hang out. Right before sunset, he's got the blanket out. He's got all the food that he made and put together. And they're just sitting like they've done so many times. And sun's going down. And he looks over to her as she's looking ahead. And he says, I love you. And I would like to marry you. And she, surprised, she turns towards him. And she's like, I'm sorry, my hair was covering my ear. What did you say? <laughs> Come on, somebody out there. Who's ready for the word today? Got seven more years. Open up your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 6. We're in the last week of our series, kind of kicking off our year of having a vision. That you and I, having and seeing things in the right mindset, seeing things the right way, seeing things the Jesus way, determines how we feel in the moment, how we feel about going ahead. You know, your life goes towards how you see things. So if you see the negative and you see the bad and you see the problems, right? If you see the wall, then life seems to take you to the wall. But throughout the scriptures, we find that we need to see things differently than the world sees. That we need to see past the wall and see the promises of God beyond the wall. That we have to be able to see the victory even though the giant is in front of us. That we can see in every single problem and every circumstance, we can see the good that God is doing behind the scenes. And that's the big thing. Elijah is waiting for the, the, the rain. He's up on a mountain. He sends his, his servant out. He's like, go look for a cloud. He comes back. He keeps coming back. There's no cloud, no cloud, no cloud. He's like, that's not, that's not what I see on the inside. Keep checking, and all of a sudden, a hand, a, a cloud the size of a hand begins to show up. And the servant comes back and says, well, there's a cloud, but it's just like a little one. And what happened is he got so excited, he began to run. Because he's got to get ready and prepared for the blessing that God is about to bestow on them. And that's what I want 2020 to be for you. That we're so excited. We may not see the cloud, but we know that the, the, the things that God has for us is on its way. God's working some amazing things behind the scene. Come on, for your 2020 is going to be the best year yet. Anybody got an amen out there today? It's going to be your best year. I may not see it, 
But it doesn't mean that it's not happening. And so we see in this story here in 2 Kings, uh, go with me to uh, chapter uh, 6, verse 15. Now, right now, this big king has sent this massive army out towards Elijah and his servant. And there's, that's all they have. And the servant's freaking out. He's like, Man, Elijah, you've got to see the, 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 the army, the massive army that's about to come capture us or kill us or do something not good to us are all around. And when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. And the prophet said, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around. Come on, somebody, just because I don't see it doesn't mean that it is not there. And I want us to see in 2020 with the same eyes as Elijah, that though he may not see it in the physical, he sees it in the spiritual, that he knows that who's for him is much bigger than who's against him. So that when I have an army or some obstacle or some problem or some circumstance, that looks bigger than life and people around me are like hey that's bigger than that's huge do you see the problem and you're able to say don't be afraid because I've got God on my side and when God's on my side that's all that I need for the victory that he has in my life I see things differently Every year we go back east and uh, Holly has the, the bike ride of danger that we all go on back there. And because uh, back there, at least where we stay, everything is just, it's two, two lanes is all it is. There's no turn lane. There's no bicycle lane. There's no sidewalks. There's no what I call safety for a bike rider whatsoever. And as a family, we get up on the bikes and off we go to, to hopefully not see Jesus today is what we're trying to do. <laughs> We say a good prayer. I pray the entire time. But, you know, Savvy, my, my princess, you know, she, you know, when we started doing this and letting her have her own bike, she maybe was like 9 or 10, not right, ready for the dangers of this, this thing. And so I'd have her in front of me. And then wherever she was on the road, I would be about two feet over, and right? And I was there because in my mind, if you're going to hit somebody, hit me. I can take it. Nobody's going to hit my princess, right? As we're driving. And cars get mad, and they honk, and that's all right. I don't care if you're mad. My daughter's alive, and that's what I care about. Amen? And so, but she'll be, she's riding her little bike, you know, and she'll be like trying to look back. And every time she looks back, I'm like, okay, well, daddy's now got to go way out in the middle of the road, honey. Don't look. You don't have to look. I'm here. She's like, well, dad, are you here? Are you behind me? Yes, honey, I'm behind you. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean that I'm not here. And I believe that God's doing the same thing for each and every one of us in 2020, that he's got our back. He's in our corner. And it doesn't matter what cars and obstacles are trying to overtake us. If God is for me, come on, somebody, who can be against me? Come on. He is protecting me. He is my refuge. And that's how I want us to see 2020. I want us to see through some different eyes today as I give you a couple things to see. Number one, write this down. See it so you can seize it. See it so you can seize it. As I got this number one, I began to kind of go through the, the stories in the Bible. And it's amazing of how often God 
in the midst of no miracle, first has them start off with seeing it, even though there's nothing really to see. He wants them to see past the obstacle, see past the problem, and to see forth into the victory that he has. So Joshua is the new leader. They're, they haven't been able to get into the promised land. And God tells Joshua, he says, look at that city with its massive walls. Look at its massive army and its huge men. See, I have already given you the victory. And you read that and you go, what are you talking about, God? There's no victory. You just explained every big problem that I have right now and why I can't get in it. Because why? God says, I need you first to see it before you can seize it. I have to have you be able to see the giant fall before the giant falls. I have to be able to see you see the miracle that's going to happen. You see past the doctor's report to see the miracle that God has. I need you to see it so that you can seize it. Abraham's probably in his 80s, and he's supposed to be the father of many nations, yet he has no child in his life. His wife is barren. I mean, they're way past the age of being able to have children. And so what does God do? He takes them outside. He says, look up at the stars. Do you see that this is what your descendants are going to be, the number of your descendants? Well, what are you talking about? I got, I'm 80. I have a wife that have a child. He says, I get that, but I need you first to see it before you can seize it. Gideon is hiding from his enemies. And God says, I need you to see yourself as a mighty warrior. I need you first to see something that isn't there to be there when you begin to see it. And this is what I want for 2020 for the congregation for Living Word Bible Church, that we live a life that looks past the problem and we can see the victory. Because if all I see is the problem, I'll never go ahead and attempt and try to have a breakthrough. I'll never believe that God can do a miracle in my life. But if I can see past it, then I get excited. I get an energy about me. I'm like, I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what the report is. I got to see it. I said this during ministry time about, about my eye. And one of the things that my mom did there on Friday night, she says, Scott, I need you to see, right? I'm like, I can't see. I got patches over my eyes. She goes, I need you to see your eye perfectly healed. In the morning, I need you to see your eye healed. In the afternoon, I need you to see your eye healed. But I can't see. I know you can't see, but I need you to see yourself seen. And I continue to see my eye healed. I see the victory. And then by Monday, I seize the victory that God already had for my life. And so God needs you to see prosperity in 2020. He needs you to see happiness and joy in 2020. Come on. He needs to see that marriage restored that relationship back, that child back serving, that brother, that sister, that parent back to serving the Lord. You got to see it. You got to see it first. You got to do the Abraham thing and begin to see it so that you can seize it. Here in Hebrews chapter 12, we did this scripture last week, but I want to show you again. You got Jesus fixing our eyes on Jesus. Once again, we said last, I got to see as Jesus sees. I got to picture Jesus and then begin to see the way he does. The pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He saw past the pain. He saw past the, cruc the cross, past all of the, the whipping and, and the nails. and the, He had to see past it so that he could see the joy. And when I can see the joy, I can endure whatever is in front of me. Isn't that what James said? James says, he said, I need you to see the good. See the, see, see the good things in every problem that you have because it builds up the faith inside of you. It builds you up and gets you up to the place that you can lack nothing. And so in 2020, we want to be that church is able to see the big, the amazing, and awesome things. Number two, write this down. See through the blood. 
Now, when I say that, if you're kind of new to Christianity, you're like, well, that sounds a little ooky spooky, Pastor. No, I'm just saying to see through what Christ has done. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid a price for so much in our life. And oftentimes, we just see the problem, but we can't see that Jesus already paid the price for those things. Put that first slide up for me, if you got it. Right? When you see the problems, right, you see the hopelessness, you see the poverty, you see the disease, you see the fear, you see the sadness, you see the brokenness, you see all the negative. Now as a congregation, let's go ahead and see through the blood of Jesus and see what we see now with our glasses. I want to get a picture of this because this is going to be great. Right? Come on. You see the hope. You see the joy. You see the health. You see the faith. You see the goodness. Come on, somebody out there. When I begin, it's the same thing. I just began to see it through the blood of Jesus Christ, that Jesus paid the price for poverty to break that off your life. I don't see the debt. I see the debt cancellation. Jesus died for the healing for you. He says, I by his stripes, you've been healed. So I don't see the doctor's report. I see past the doctor's report to the healing that God has for me in my life. I don't see the brokenness of my past. I see it healed by the blood of Jesus so that I can catapult into the future that God has. I see the blessings, the prosperity, the goodness, the joy, the health, the peace. I see all, oh, come on, somebody in this house. But I got to learn to see it differently than everybody else does. I got to see it through the blood. I got to see it past the price that Jesus said. You know, the news and, and the society and our culture oftentimes will tell us the bleakness of 2020. But you know what? When I see things through the blood of Jesus Christ, I can see how exactly amazing 2020 is going to be, how prosperous and blessed it is. How you see it determines whether or not you seize it. When I see it through the promises of God and what God says I can have, it has a big effect on my attitude and as I go forth, which takes us to number three. Number three says this, how you see greatly affects how you go through and how it turns out. How I see affects how I go through whatever I'm going through and how the end turns out. See, when I see the good and I see the joy set before me, that faith begins to push me and be behind me. But when I see the negative and the bad, it seems like that negative is pushing up against me. And some of you know what I'm talking about. When you went into a circumstance with a negative and a downer attitude, it seems so hard. It was like walking. You ever been walking in like a big wind? And, you just, and every step is just so much more work than it has to be, right? But then you ever have the wind at your back? It seems like it's so much easier. And this is when I see the good, the wind behind me seems to make whatever I'm going through so much easier. But when I see it negative, man, it makes it hard. In this story, this is two uh, Martin Luther King weekends in my life that had totally different outcomes. Last year on Monday, I got up excited because I love, my favorite thing to do is do something with the family. So in my mind, I was playing out because I see the day. And so I already saw like the family get up and we go to IHOP and have a Rudy Tootie day. I'm excited already. Come home. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll play some games, maybe watch a show. And then, of course, what's a great day unless we go to Taco Bell and get Daddy a Chalupa. Come on, somebody out there. Give me a Nacho Bell Grande, get a Chalupa in my mouth. Oh, I'm seeing it. Then maybe we'll all go out for like a movie and come back and go outside and maybe play some stuff. And if I play my cards just right, 
Come on, if I'm doing it just right, maybe Holly will let the family go to Taco Bell twice. Come on, somebody. A double chalupa day. Oh, Lord, I'm in heaven. <coughs> she, uh, Holly gets up. <coughs> Hold on. Ah, <coughs> there it is. <coughs> Sorry, Holly. Ah, <coughs> uh, so, uh, <coughs> she's still got her glasses on. <laughs> she's seeing me in a different light right now. So Holly gets up and uh, she goes, you know what? I think we should go uh, hike the Windy Cave. And I went, oh, my gosh, what a coincidence. I mean, we're kind of th seeing the day the same way. I said, now, I like your idea. What if we tweak your idea a little bit? Instead of hiking, what if we didn't hike? Like, that sounds like a better day, right? And she goes, no, I think we're going to go hike the Windy Cave. Well, I'm the man of the house. And I don't like to flex my authority. But sometimes... You know, as the man, I have, to, you know, I have to take charge of things and put my iron fist down. So we pulled up to the iron, to the, the Windy Cave uh, trail. <laughs> and I was annoyed. I'm not going to lie, because I, I, I was so mad. We had to go hiking on this beautiful day. We got to be outside on this sunny day. What a horrible, right? And so I'm, and the whole family's all laughing and having so much fun. And I'm not. I just, you know how you just want people to be quiet when you're not, like, and I just want them all to be quiet. And so off we go on this hike. And it's not a hike, just you know, the Windy Cave, is not, it's, you climb a mountain. So it's not a hike, it's a climb. So we've been lied to already. Right? <laughs> and I'm shuffling along, and I'm, I am. I'm shuffling, and I'm mad, and people are just blowing by me, like 80-year-olds just blowing right by me. Just boom, gone, and, and I'm upset, and I have to keep pulling over and resting. And finally, I got to a place where I couldn't breathe. I honestly thought I was going to see Jesus, and I welcomed it. I wanted to see Jesus. I was ready for it. I'm like, take me now, God. Get me off this hike. And we pull over. And we're sitting there. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to call him Brawny Man because he looked like the lumberjack Brawny off the paper towels. He had the perfect, like the, the cool, right, the, the chiseled, the perfect beard going on. The hair was all perfect, the little twinkle, right? He's six foot four. He's even had the plaid red and black shirt, right, that goes. But it had the, the sleeves cut off so you could see his guns are all boom, boom, right there, right? And then he's got these super tight, annoying shorts to show the muscles in his leg. And he shows up all chipper. He's like, hey, y'all. And you know, I don't, this whole godly being loving to everybody else was annoying me. Make me want to throw up, right? <laughs> and so he's all, and then he's doing the, like the little this and he's all, right? <laughs> and he's all, yeah, he's like, I don't want to tighten up. And I'm like, well, I tightened up like 28 years ago, so I don't know. Uh, right, and so then he looks over to me and he goes, "Oh, man, you make make sure you take it easy and, you, and make sure you get enough fluids going on up here." And I'm like, in front of my family, like he's calling me out a little bit, and I'm like, "No, I'll, right?" And it annoyed me so. Like I, if I wasn't so out of breath, I'd have walked over and I'd have reached up and punched him right in the thigh. I would have hit him in the thigh so hard, I'd have given him a Charlie horse. 
He's Mr. Chipper. He's like, ha, 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 you know, fun. He's like, all right, I got to get going again. He's like, and then he looked over at me. He's like, you know, you make sure, right? Because we don't want you passing out on the mountain. And I'm like, Lord, I hope he gets hiker's rash. And I don't know if that even exists, but I made it up. I want him, Lord. And so off we're, we go again, and I'm so annoyed at the brawny man and everything. And finally I get a little way, and I'm like, I'm done. You guys go ahead of me. I'm not going no more. I'm done. And so they went on a little head, and then they came back down because they kind of felt bad for me. And they're like, well, let's go down. So now we're going down the hill, and of course they're rushing and laughing and having fun. And they're all right, and I'm in the back. And then I kind of like, I hit a rock wrong, and I kind of... I didn't twist it bad, just I'm going to let this information out, but I twisted enough where, and I made an exaggerated cry of help. I'm like, ah, right? And no one turned around and no one cared. <laughs> so in my mind, I go, really? I could die on this mountain right now and nobody would care, right? The whole family would be having fun and games, probably leave me on the mountain. And then you know how your mind does. My mind begins to play out my funeral. And so I play it out, and everybody's cheer, having a good day and fun. And they're coming up like, Mom, can Brawny Man be our new daddy? And I was like, oh. <laughs> Whole day. I was just mean. Nah, it was a horrible day. One of the worst days of my life. Well, back in September, remember y'all, I told you that hiking was important to my wife, so I made it important to me, and I was going to begin to love hiking. So I saw it differently. I got the outfit. I got all the stuff. I had Adidas pants. I got Adidas shoes. I got hat. I got, I got the backpack. I got the drink thing, uh, DM for crew. I got everything for hiking, and we've been hiking. I've been love. I just love it because I choose to love it, and it's been so fun. So Friday, she says, hey, let's go hike the Windy Cave. I said, bring it. I want it. I want that Windy Cave. I am going to make that thing. I am. And so we did. We laughed and talked all the way up, made it all the way up to the top. It wasn't even that hard. It made it to the top, right? Now, and I got a picture, and I have to say that I'm a little annoyed at the false advertisement. Throw that up for me. Okay, that's not a cave. It wasn't even windy up there. I was very disappointed. I got to the top. I go, that's not a cave. It was, right, at best, it's like a, maybe a breezy indent in the mountain, but it's not a cave. We come down, and it was just was a really great, fun day. What was the difference? The difference was simply how I saw the mountain in my life. Now, I'm not a... It's nearly impossible for me to quit anything is how I'm built. I can't quit. Yet, my attitude got me to quit from getting to the top. Not only that, as I helped my whole family back from getting to the top of the cave. I was spoiling an atmosphere and everything that I brought, all because of how I saw it, affected how I went through it, and affected the outcome. When I chose to see it in a different light, it became easy, light, and fun, and exciting. We got to the top. We accomplished it. I didn't quit. And the same thing for your life. When you see it wrong, you'll quit. When I see it wrong, I'll give up. When I see it wrong, I'll begin to get, it'll be tired. It'll be hard going to the job. It's a grind, Pastor. It's just so hard. It's not meant to be a grind because God has empowered you with the ability to be a voice, to be a light in your job. I don't know who you can save this week in your job, but I know God will bring it across cross if you got the right attitude. That even no matter what you're doing in life, that you can enjoy it. You can enjoy the people around. You can enjoy everything if I learn to see it right. See the obstacle. See the problem. See whatever it is in the prop light. 
It'll give you the energy that you need, the joy that you need, the excitement you need to press forward and never give up. All right, number four. Uh, how you see people greatly affects your impact and influence on them. Remember, Jesus sees people differently. There's a gentleman that had a demon in him, and Jesus came over, and he saw something. Everybody else saw a crazy person. But Jesus saw somebody that was going to change almost a full continent. He cast out the demon, and he said, all right, now go. And this gentleman went forth all over the continent, bringing the word of Jesus Christ. One person that everyone around saw annoying and, and, and crazy Jesus saw something different. And we see here in 2, uh, throw that up there for me, Miss Betsy, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. This is one of Jason's, I get this from Jason. I, I love his teaching on this. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. I love that, that everyone around us has a treasure on the inside. And we can see the clay and we can see the junk, or we can be people that see the treasure that's inside of people. You can see the treasure inside of that person that's mean and nasty and see past the mean and nasty, see past the problem, see the, past the argument, uh, argumentative person that they are. And you can see that behind them is somebody that God deeply cares about, that God loves, that God, come on, God wants to do something special in their life. And so throw it the, the first picture for me. Get your glasses ready. We're going to do it on and off here real quickly. See how this, this picture goes. Number one. Right there. You see that person, right? I'm doing emojis. You see that? They're just Everything comes out of their mouth is mean, nasty. But you put the blood of Jesus Christ on, and you see past that, and you see somebody that's just hurting. And they're sad. And they need somebody to love them where they're at. And oftentimes when people are mean and nasty, we get mean and nasty back. But what did Jesus do when people were mean and nasty? He loved them because he was able to see past through the blood of Jesus. Throw the next one up there. You see somebody who's just, just angry, mad, and you look up at that. And you, once again, you see somebody that's just stressed out. They got stress in your life. You didn't know that maybe their mother has been diagnosed with something bad and the stress of taking care of their mom or their grandmother or their loved one is overwhelming to you, to them. And so because you just look at what's on the surface, you can't operate in the true compassion that is on the inside of you and begin to see past. Throw the next one up there. <laughs> I don't know why I had that one up there. Didn't even know. <laughs> Come on, some people look just like that, but you look. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that one. <laughs> but there are people out there, and they just do. They just, that's just what they are. But you don't realize behind them, as God's put some treasures, some gifts on the inside. And I want us to be a church that looks past that stuff, looks past the sin, the wrong, and what they're doing in their life, and what's wrong with them, and the negative stuff. And I want us to be a church that looks through the blood of Jesus Christ and know that Jesus died for them. Jesus died so that they could have a great life. Jesus was on the cross so that they could have healing, so that their broken heart could be mended, and that I can be an avenue of help in their life. That I can be that one person in their life that chose to love them in their mess. Isn't that what we all want in our mess? You ever been just messed? Right? I'm not coming down the mountain. I just wanted one. If one person would have hugged me coming down the mountain, I probably would have left with them. That's all I was looking for in my mess. That's what we want when we're hurting. Why can't we be that to other people? Finally, let's close with number five. How we see ourselves greatly affects my life. 
How you see you affects how I treat other people. Do you see yourself as your third grade teacher saw you? Do you maybe see yourself as maybe a parent that took off and left saw you? Unimportant and not worth fighting for. Or that relationship that broke up and the person that told you everything that was wrong. Is that what you see yourself through or do you see yourself through the blood of Jesus Christ? Do you see yourself whole? Do you see yourself redeemed? See, Gideon had that problem. He saw himself defeated. But what did the angel keep saying to him? He says, hey, you mighty man of valor, go in this might of yours. He was trying to remind him of the treasure that was on the inside of him. See, I can't see the treasure in you until I first can recognize the treasure that's inside of me. You may have been told that you're not smart, you're not intelligent. But God says, when you look through the blood of Jesus Christ, I've given you the mind of Christ, right? You are very intelligent and you are very smart. My mom was told how dumb she was her whole life. And then she got a hold of the word and she put on her glasses and the same woman that couldn't read at age 24 now has written probably 20 different books because she found out that what you said about me isn't what God said about me. You said that I was shy, but God said that I am bold. You said that I'm broken, but God says that I am whole. You have said that I am not worth anything, but God says a price was paid for you, an infinite price, and you are a priceless peace that God has died for, that God's got great thanks. The world told her, you'll never accomplish anything, but God says, I'll do all things through you. Nothing will get in your way. You'll be a world changer, but you first have to put on the glasses. See, 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 do just real quickly, throw up the next one quick. You can see these of how we see ourselves, right? You see yourself all like that, but God sees you cool, right? He does. Put up the next one, right? You see yourself, your mind's going to blow on so much stress. And God sees it. Come on, we got this. This is not a big deal. Don't be all, all stressing about what's going on. Throw on the next one, right? Oftentimes we see ourselves as sinners and bad. But God says, I see you whole. All right, I don't see your sin. I don't see your junk. I don't see your past. Finally, come on, throw up this last one. You see sin, shame, guilt, but you put on the glasses. I see the cross. Come on, somebody in this house. I see the cross. I see the cross. I see the cross. I see the good in you. I see the whole in you. I see it all put back together. I see you victorious. I see you blessed. I see you prosperous. I don't define you by your sin. My sin doesn't define me. Jesus Christ defines me as victorious. He defines me as somebody he's going to use to make a difference. Come on, church. You got to see yourself through the cross. Thank you so much for watching today. We want to make sure that we secure your eternity. Eternity is a simple choice. It simply means I believe in Jesus Christ, that he died and raised from the dead. It doesn't matter. You, you may think, well, I'm not good enough and I haven't lived my life right. Jesus died for all of your sins. So simply say this prayer with us. Dearly Father, I ask you right now, come into my heart, be my Lord and my Savior. I believe that I am saved. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for all my sins and was raised from the dead. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. We'll see you next time.